SegaBits presents Sega Talk, a podcast talking all things with your hosts, George and Barry. Hello and welcome to episode 28 of the Sega Talk Podcast. I'm Barry, with me is George. Hello everybody. Hello. And on this episode we're going to be covering a sequel. This is not the first time we've covered a sequel, I don't think, on Sega Talk. No, I don't Um, think so. But this is a big one. So this is The House of the Dead 2 from 1998. And this is a direct sequel to 1996's The House of the Dead. It was developed by Sega AM1, Sega's oldest development studio, and the game is said to increase the action and excitement of the first game with thrilling light gun gameplay on the refined Naomi arcade system. This game released to arcades in November 1998, and it was ported soon after to the Dreamcast in Japan, March 25th, 1999, and as an American launch title, September 9th, 1999. Oh, yeah, and Europe got the game later in 1999, because people uh, always tell me, <laughs> you, forget? you forgot Europe. It, I'm sorry. Uh, Sega Talk listeners, though, may remember that we covered the original game three years ago, almost on this same date as our second episode. Whoa. Crazy. Yeah. So that's a long time ago. So, did you experience the House of the Dead 2 in arcades or at home first? Like, I experienced it in the arcade, just because, like, I think I told this story in the other one, because I don't really have that much story with the first game, but, like, if you went to, I I think it was, like, a buffet that my parents used to like to go to, they used to have this game there, which is kind of strange, because it was pretty gory at the time, but Mm -hmm. it was there, and that was the first time I experienced it, um... It, I didn't like it that much because, like, I always lost. I, I always kind of like – I like arcade games, but at the same time, if you don't have that many quarters and you aren't that talented, um, you're not going to ha- get very far sometimes. This game was a lot easier than most games, though. And so, and it also had the gun, which, I mean, obviously everybody wants to use. But, like, right. I really, really, like, fell in love with the game when I played it at home. Um, even on the controller, I thought the Dreamcast port had great um, – controls like it was easy enough to shoot everything it, it's a lot better with the gun obviously but everything's better with a gun that's right that's the american way <laughs> um this game though uh it really left an impression on me on how gory it is and you could tell that the games after this really didn't capture that part of the game like the dismemberment mm-hmm. like you shoot him in the eye and like the whole chunk of the eye falls off or something or like the yeah or the stomach <laughs> And that really left an impression. It really reminded me of like old gory zombie movies, like those cheesy B movies. They were all ridiculously over the top, uh, especially right. with the voice acting. I thought it all kind of like fit together, and they made a really special game. So I think House of the Dead Two is the best House of the Dead, in my opinion, just because of all the little things that kind of like tie in together. Yeah. So how do you how do you think it compared? Did you have the original game to compare it to at that time? No, I didn't. That's the thing. I didn't really play the first one. It's kind of like to me, it's like Street Fighter, right? Where there was a mm-hmm. Street Fighter one, but everybody knew Street Fighter two. Everybody yep. I I know in real life mostly remembers House of the Dead two. Like if they remember any of the House of the Dead games, they remember this one. 
Yeah, and we'll definitely get into that sequel better than the original thing that video games tend to do. Yeah. <laughs> um, so for me, I can't exactly say for sure. I know I did not own this um, from the get-go on the Dreamcast. I must have gotten it a, a bit later. But I do remember the arcade game, and I think that's kind of what held me back is that I was like, it was one of those things where you're like, if it's readily available at arcades, you might not pick up the console version. Because mm. you're like, you know, like every time you go to the store, you, you got the money for a new Dreamcast game. What do you get? Do you get the new one you've never played before? Do you get the one you've experienced in arcades before? Um, and I'm pretty sure I picked up the Sega All-Stars release of this. So that means it was definitely a re-release a little later down the line. Yeah. But... um yeah, I like you, I didn't have the first one to compare it to, which I think is really odd. Um, I And again, this is another thing, I'm kind of jumping ahead, but I just got to mention it. Like the title, The House of the Dead 2, there's no house. Yeah, there's no house. And, and the first game has a house, but you wouldn't know that if you didn't play the first game. So it's almost like you kind of think maybe this is like a joke, you know, kind of like a, a jokey title. Um, and it kind of, I mean, I, I think it kind of has become a bit of a joke because there is no house in a lot of the games. I mean, outside of the first one, maybe overkill, they go back to the mansion, I think. But, um, in any case, it's interesting though, you know, so they, there was a three year gap between the first and the second game and, uh, Sega talk number two, which we did. And this episode also had a three year gap. So we're kind of doing this in real time. And it's it's interesting. So let's let's actually talk a little bit about how gaming's changed from 2016 to 2019 compared to 96 to 99. Ooh, yeah. Um, it hasn't changed much, I don't think. I'm like tr- from tr- 2016 to, to 2019. Um, I guess Fortnite got another season. Minecraft is still going. Um, I don't know. I can't really think of much that changed. Maybe like. The MOBA scene, remember when everybody wanted to make their own League of Legends uh, clones? I think we talked about this uh, even in the Swinging Report show with, uh, what's his name? He, right. was, he was working on one uh, for EA. Yeah. Like, that all died out. Like, if you're not a top player, they're, they're, I mean, there's not just random M, uh, MOBAs coming out, so that's done. I think ro- that we got the rise of Royale shooters where everybody wants to be uh, Fortnite or uh, what's the other one? PUBG. So we, yeah. there's stuff like that that's changed, but graphically, not really. I mean, we got ray, ray tracing, but that hasn't taken off yet. So we can't really say it's a mainstream thing. But uh, yeah, a lot more has changed from House of the Dead 1 to House of the Dead 2 than now, from our last episode to now, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, graphically, not much has changed. We're still, from 2016 to 2019, PS4 and Xbox One are still, you know, going strong. The only weird thing would be the Wii U was the thing, and now the Switch is. Um, Which is kind of and, the same thing as the Wii U, but now portable. Right, of course. And, yeah, and you compare that to 96 to 99, I mean, you're talking Saturn graphics, you know, admittedly late era, to Dreamcast graphics. And I think that's a pretty big jump. And you even compare 99 to three years after that, you know, like 2002, 2003, graphics got even better. And I just, I feel like we've reached a point probably in the mid 2010s where graphics got to the point where 
you know, some some studios they're releasing games that have amazing graphics that have yet to be outdone by like indie studios in 2019. You know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah. Like uh, Rockstar releasing something in 2016 looks better than something released now by Yu Suzuki. <laughs> no offense to Shenmue Three, but you know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah. And uh, we are we're also seeing the kind of like the rise of like affordable development like we talked i mean mm-hmm. we, we talked about this before but like there's engines free to play uh, free to use engines now we're seeing like we got the sonic mania team at fans right like this because right. we got easy to learn you know we it, making games has become easier now than it's ever been so that's probably a good thing right now than it was before because sega had to make all this stuff from scratch especially their like right their motherboard i mean their model you know whatever mm-hmm. boards yeah yeah, for sure. So, I mean, it's it's interesting, though, to compare that. Um, I'm going to be, you know, maybe in th- three years we'll be covering the House of the Dead 3 and looking back at what was going on now compared to 2022 or something. But, uh, yeah, we'll keep you posted. Um, so, founded in 1984, the same year that I was born, it's Sega old. AM1. It's, it's dead. I am old. <laughs> <laughs> Sega AM1. Uh, quickly built up an impressive portfolio of games. And there are so many to mention that I thought we'd just call some out at random, uh, take a look at the list. We did cover AM1 a, quite a bit in our um, Sega Talk number two, but just looking through here, I mean, I'll, I'll just call some out. So we've got uh, older ones include Flicky, uh, Choplifter, got an oddity, Hang On Jr., uh, Thunderblade, Super Monaco J- GP, Alex Kidd, Lost Stars, tons of System 16 games, Quartet, Fantasy Zone, um, Block Seed, if you've ever played that, oh, they also uh, Moonwalker. Did the, they also did the original Sonic Boom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. 1987. <laughs> um, and uh, Puyo, they did Puyo Puyo with Compile, Columns. Bonanza Brothers. So, I mean, you're getting kind of a flavor here, you know, Golden Axe, The Duel. They've touched a lot of big name franchises, though. I mean, I guess you could say like Golden Axe is really something they've put their stamp on. Um, Brave Firefighters. We've talked about that before, actually. And you move into the Saturn era, Virtua Fighter Remix. Of course, The House of the Dead. Um, Dreamcast Dynamite Cop. Giant Graham 2000, if you've ever seen that, that's that like crazy wrestling game. So that's that's kind of the flavor of um, of AM1 leading up to this game. And I think it's worth discussing them a little further here, especially what happened to them in 99 to 2000. So AM1's full name was originally, and here we go, Sega Amusement Machine Research and Development Department Number 1, Sega... Sega AM R&D department number one. Doesn't have the same flair than like AM1 has, right? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So in May 99, just after the House of the Dead 2 hit arcades, the team was actually renamed Sega Software R&D Department 1. Pretty easy, right? Better. (laughs) (laughs) And then in 2000, they were given the more customer-facing friendly name of WoW Entertainment. I could live live that one. Yeah, exactly. So after reading, you know, that list of games that I was talking about, uh, what's your opinion on this name? Do you do you think those games 
suit it? What kind of feelings come to mind? Uh, I mean, yeah, okay, so usually, like, I would be the guy that's like, keep the AM1 name and let's just move forward. But there was a moment in Sega's history right here, right? Where mm-hmm. every team was getting renamed, right? Except for Sega AM2. They're, I guess they really like that name. But every team right. was like, oh, yeah, we're Smile Bit. We're, everybody had, like, an identity. And it felt pretty interesting as a fan during this time because you would see, like, Smile Bit, right? Like, oh, they made Jet Set Radio. I love that team. But did you – like, most people that l- say they like that team have never played their other games because their other games are nothing like Jet Set Radio. Yeah, but absolutely. They, they made them super marketable, right? Like people, I remember people t- talking about the the names of the teams before the games came out as a kid, instead of just talking like, "Oh yeah, it's another Sega game." It's like they had an identity finally. So, yeah, mm-hmm. Wow Entertainment is a lot easier to digest than, uh, you know, uh, Sega Amusement Machine Research and Development uh, Number One. You know, <laughs> but what about you? Exactly. I think it's a fitting name. I mean, you look at that list of games, it's it's very impressive. It almost makes you say, wow. Um, they, of course, had a lot of arcade games that at the time, you know, you, you, arcade games had some of the best graphics, very interesting control schemes. So I'm certain you, you, you pick up any of these games and you're feeling that feeling, even if you're taking wow entertainment and applying the name to their back catalog before the name change. Yeah. Um, and they don't have many games under their belt as WoW Entertainment because they switched back so quickly. But, you know, you look at other studios at the time. Hitmaker, yeah. WoW Entertainment, <laughs> um, uh, United Game Artists, uh, Smilebit. So they all they all kind of have their flavor. I think some of them, like Hitmaker and WoW Entertainment are kind of similar. Like, we make hits. Well, we make games that make you say, wow. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. But uh, I think it's a cute name. Um, AM1, though, like, as great as AM2 is, like, when you're AM1, like, you come first. So I don't I don't know why that's... I don't know why AM2 was the one to, like, we get to keep our identity, but the one that came before us, AM1, you guys, get, you guys have to become wow. It's, uh, it's probably because they got kind of, like, really, like... You know, in the during the Saturn era, the biggest seller was sega am2 and virtual fighter so maybe sega thought we can't change your name to something else people are like they know your logo now so you basically Mm -hmm. have to stay who you are yeah i mean um yeah yeah well uh so i don't i i debated putting this on the notes but you know typically when we talk about these games we assume you have some prior knowledge um and we don't like you know hold your hand and walk you through it. But for this one, I just want to talk about light gun games. So if you've never played a light gun game, because I'm actually sure someone listening to this has never played a light gun game, uh, this is basically what happens. You play in a first-person perspective, and you shoot creatures with your light gun. The game's on rails, so you can't move off to the side, but at times there might be choices in direction or actions you take might lead you in a different direction. Um, the gun is as simple as point, aim, and shoot. You reload by aiming off screen and pulling your trigger. And while light gun games were incredibly popular in the 90s, modern technology have made them difficult for home use unless you're playing with a motion controller. So my question is, do you think light gun games are reaching the point of becoming so retro that modern gamers don't know about them anymore? Well, 
it's hard for me to say yes or no because I kind of feel like there's always these like kind of like resurgence of of uh, light gun games. Like I remember yeah. that um, like in the '80s they were kind of popular. I remember like duck hunts and stuff. And then back in the '90s they became popular again because of uh, be well because of Sega's three. I mean I don't know if it was Sega, but I remember uh, Virtual Cop being a big deal and like. A bunch of light gun games started coming out right when that game came out. So there yeah. was like, yeah. So there's like a resurgence of light gun games in the '90s, which this comes from. And then we had mm-hmm. another resurgence in the mid 2000s with the Wii. And I feel mm-hmm. like we might have one again, or we were having one with the VR. But I just feel like the VR isn't popular enough for everybody to experience it. But that might be the next big wave where everybody wants to do a. a light gun shooters because it's easy to use on a vr headset because you don't have to move it's on rails Mm. so that's what i think but right now there's not a huge uh fan base i think for light gun shooters anymore but can you use them i guess you could right with the move but like again you need all these add-ons that's always been the problem yeah 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 i mean that's what i was gonna say so there was a little bit of a resurgence of course with the wii i think that was the most successful um and we actually did get uh, home ports of games I never thought we'd see, like LA Machine Guns. And it's rare um, too but, that game now. Yeah, yeah. And but you you do you know like PS3 had the move, but how many people had the move? And with that we had uh, I believe what is it House of the Dead three, four, and uh, Overkill. Yeah. Like the remix. Um, Connect did have some light gun games. It had Gunstringer, but again. Like playing with your fingers is not the same. It works well for Gunstringer, but if you were to uh, port like any of these Sega games to it, it would just be a joke. Yeah. You know? Um. So, you know, it's Back to the Future Day as we record this, and if you remember in Back to the Future Two, that's where they were. He was doing the light gun game. Remember that? And the kids like, oh, you have to use your hands. Oh no! Well, yeah, I guess it is the future right now with the Connect. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, exactly. Um, yeah, and I think it would be pretty smart if Sega ever did a remake, or, or I, I guess there are there we are getting a remake technically. Mm-hmm. But um, if Sega ever re-released them, if they kind of yeah. just included a uh, a package with a I guess move controller, but then again, you need the camera. I think that's what screws everything up, right? That yeah. you need a whole yeah. setup. I guess the Switch is the uh, only viable one out of the box to support something like yeah. this. Yeah. Pretty much. I mean, we don't know what the PS5 has in store, but I don't feel like they're going to be like motion controls. Yeah, packed uh, in? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. Um, so, House of the Dead 2. Touted as having, and I think you'll enjoy this, better graphics, faster action, and this is in the strategy guide, gooier zombies. That's true. That, uh, they were, true. You were saying, yeah. it was, it, they were super like wet and gushy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> The House of the Dead 2 was a major leap over the original game. Those who never experienced the original didn't need much setup to get right into the game. In fact, I'd guess that many Sega fans played the sequel well before the original. And I'll bet, too, that many Sega fans have never played the original. Um, And so... Yeah. Oh, sorry, go on. Yeah. Um, So I was just going to say, sequels that outdo and overshadow the original seem to be a common trend with Sega... Um, do you see the House of the Dead one as being overshadowed by the sequel? I think we can agree on that. Yeah. Um, 
And can you think of any Sega series where the first game has yet to be overshadowed? And I'm talking about games that have had at least one or more sequel. Uh, oh, man. I guess technically OutRun, because the first game is still the go-to when people think about it. Uh, OutRun yeah. 2 was... I like OutRun 2. It's one of my favorite games. But if I mm-hmm. talk to most people about the franchise, I think they will know the the first one. And then they had OutRunners. They had OutRun 2019. They had a mm-hmm. bunch of uh, OutRun games. But uh, that's one that reminds me of that. It's very rare, though, if you think about it. Like, even some some would argue Streets of Rage, the first one, and some would argue Sonic mm-hmm. 1. I think the majority of gamers will argue against that. So I would have to say yeah. OutRun is the easiest one that I could just give the notch to. And maybe Space Harrier 1. Yep, oh, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, I knew it. That's why I took like, it. And I'm sure a lot of people who picked up the Genesis Mini have played the Space Harrier 2 on that and have seen that it's fun, but it's nowhere... It's not like a, a proper sequel. It just I don't think it deserves the title um, of two because you know you're jumping from arcade to home console. It just seems slower. It doesn't offer m- much newness. It almost just feels like a weird port to me. Um, I mean, I actually enjoy the Master System version more. Uh, 3D. What's it called? 3D Space Harrier. Yeah. So yeah, it's 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 interesting then that. And I was saying the House of the Dead, the title, it's right there, but no, no one's played it really. And that's actually, you know, when I was playing um, All Stars Racing, and you race through Curian Mansion, I was like, "What is this place?" <laughs> I mean, I've I've played House of the Dead by that point, but still, it just did not. I thought we were going to be in Venice, but they were throwing us into the mansion from the first one, which was cool. But it definitely shows just how kind of pushed to the side the original is and i'm i'm looking forward to the remakes just because it would be great to see the original back out there i hope they don't skip it and just go right to two that would kind of suck that's true yeah yeah i don't think it's gonna happen though right they already said one and two right i guess so yeah i mean we'll see we'll see what happens with the i mean we'll get into it i keep jumping ahead i just want to complain but there's so much good stuff to talk about with this game so the arcade version of the game was your standard playthrough The Dreamcast release, though, had four gameplay modes, custom control options, and the game had branching paths, which made it a good reason to play through again and again. And let's talk about the story. So, the game takes place in February 2000, which uh, I guess was like current day at the time. And this took place 14 months after the incident at Curian Mansion in the first game. The sequel takes place in Venice, Italy, where zombie outbreak has taken place. You are looking for Agent G, the star of the first game, and play as agents, and I, these names, James Taylor and Gary Stewart. The widest names ever, right? Isn't James Taylor a singer? I think so. But I, I've noticed this with <laughs> Japanese developers back in the past. Like, they got obsessed with, like, uh, singers of bands, and they're like, yeah, this character was supposed to be uh, David Bowie, and it's always, like, super feminine character. Yeah, it's yeah. just, I think it's funny because when I hear James Taylor, I think that song where he goes, I've seen fire and I've seen rain. And I've now, seen... And he's a zombie murderer now. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, so they're looking for G, and G is found, he's wounded but alive, and he gives the pair, this is really helpful, a journal showing them all the bosses' names and their weak points. So that's the piece of paper that comes up 
showing that. And I never caught on to that. So that's pretty cool. Um, you then venture through the city and take on various creatures. And you learn that the creatures were created by Caleb Goldman, who funded Dr. Kirian in the first game. And the new outbreak is because of Goldman. So uh, let, let's talk about the stages a little bit, the bosses. I'm not going to like... I mean, okay, I didn't want to bore people and just be like... Um, chapter one is Judgment. I have the strategy guide oh, here. Oh, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Judgment went know, up it, ahead. It's an exciting game but to explain and walk through a uh, light gun game is the most boring thing ever. So, you know, it's 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 pretty short game. I mean, you've got chapter one, Judgment. Chapter two, Hierophant. And, you know, still in the streets. Chapter three, Tower, which is the one with the worm in the sewer. Remember that one? Yeah, I do. I was just actually going to tell you about how, like, that was one of my disappointment things about these light gun games. And I could see why people, even though it became a Sega hit, like, it was one of the few to sell a lot on the Dreamcast to become a Sega All-Star right. game. Which is mm-hmm. their greatest hits for people that were not alive back on the Dreamcast. Sega All-Stars used to be the Sega's greatest hits or Nintendo whatever power or, or whatever they called them, player's choice, um, back in the olden days. So it was their budget line. And this game became it, and so did Crazy Taxi and a few other games. And mm-hmm. uh, I always got disappointed at how short the game was. Like, I always wanted more. I always feel like, God, it's an arcade game. You're on rails. You're not putting too much effort into it. So why don't you give us, like, I don't know, like 15 levels, right? This one only has, right. what, six bad guys, I would assume? It has more than the first one, but still, it's, like, pretty short, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, look here. So, Chapter 4 is Strength, which is that giant zombie with the, the, the chainsaw. chainsaw. Yeah. Yeah, Chapter 5 is The Magician. Which is a repeat from the first one, but he looks cooler in this one. He has some worms out of his eyes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And then the final boss, Emperor. So, you know, that's it. And... There are branching paths. Uh, let me see if I can show that. There's Oh, that's the bosses. So the cool thing about the strategy guide, let me look at my camera here so I can show people if you're doing the video version. You can see here there's like a little branching path on the first part where you go off and see a different scene um, depending on who you save. But look at chapter two. Like it gets a little more complicated. So basically if you shoot a door handle, you go one way. Save a child, go another way, shoot a key by a gate. So there is some variety. Yeah. Some. Yeah. But, I mean, I, I think the bosses are very unique. Uh, it's not like you're playing just like a recolor, everyone. So that's that's cool. You're going to different parts of the city. So that's cool. The sewer, the streets, um, tops of, you know, high rises. Uh, it's just, it's... Lacking a house. I don't know why I get hung up on that, but I just, I want a house in this game. Yeah, and like, I don't want, I want to tell people that like, I'm not hating on the game. It's one of my favorite uh, light gun shooters, but it's one of those things where when you play a short, good game and you stop the game, you always want more. That's a good thing because like, there's been movies, there's been a TV series when I'm done. I do not want any more of this. I'm like, I'm good, man. Thank you though. It was fun. I don't want any more of this forever. And this one, mm-hmm. it was more like it left me wanting more. So obviously, mm-hmm. when three came out, I was super excited. Um, but yeah, like I also like the bad guys. We're going to be discussing the bad guys, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, let's talk about them right now. Okay, good. Because like I like that they were all based on tarot cards. That was one of my favorite things growing up. Because I always thought, you know, 
there's something haunting about, I guess, tarot cards. I, I mean, when you grow up Catholic, they kind of give you that whole, like, it's this is bad vibe, right? Magic, bad. Yeah. So to me, it was something like, oh, man, it makes it even scarier. It's kind of like using the Ouija board, even though, in my opinion, it doesn't work. It's just a toy. We put so much thought into it growing up as a Catholic, like, that this is bad. It kind of gives it a, a more spooky vibe to it. That's why I always mm-hmm. thought it was cool, and it made me, like look more into the tarot cards and and like how each game used it i thought that was cool and that was one of my favorite parts that they did like their interpretation on the tarot cards as bad guys very cool Mm -hmm. that's like one of the coolest parts of the game yeah yeah i i love those connections that they were drawing to like stuff outside of zombies just to give it a little more uh substance i don't even know if they call them zombies in the game they have green blood um, I hesitate to even like, I don't like, know what mutants, they call them. Yeah. Creatures. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those things. Um, and I'm sure house of the dead super fans are like hitting their head against the, uh, their computer monitor right now at us, but super zombies, I mean, I'll be honest. Right? Yeah. <laughs> super zombies. Yeah. But I mean, okay. Okay. So here, let me, let me wrap up the story and then I'll, I'll, okay. I'll share my thoughts. Uh, so the final boss, the emperor, Ooh. you know, not, not the star Wars one was designed to rule over nature and destroy and hate mankind. Isn't that kind of like Blue Submarine number 6? Do you remember that anime? I no, I don't remember that anime. It was it was like this world that was being flooded and this guy's like the the sea creatures will take over the world. Man must die. It's kind of like that. Uh. Um but uh, yeah, after you defeat the Emperor Goldman, he just commits suicide by jumping off the roof of his building. Um, I don't even know what to say about that, but yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah. He kind of pulls a... Um, uh, didn't they do that in Jet Set Radio too? The guy was just like, ah, he yeah. falls off the building. Um, <laughs> which is interesting. The Emperor, he falls in uh, Return of the Jedi, so there's a tie there. Um, but another uh, connection I made was that Dural, you know, from Virtua Fighter and the Emperor, they're both like shiny metal. And I'm wondering what was with Sega making shiny chrome end bosses. And the only thing I can think of is that it was such a cool, new, neat effect that by holding it off until the final boss, it made them feel like special. You know, like that was their big wow moment with the graphics. Did you pick up on that? uh, No, I didn't pick up on that. It was Dorel. No. I mean, we had a lot of, like, shiny things back then. Like, I never really connected it. But, like, we also had, uh, what's that, uh, Sonic Adventure? What's the bad guy? Chaotic? Or Chaos? Chaos. Sorry, Chaos. Yeah. Yeah. The the water dragon thing. And I Mm -hmm. always thought they were just trying to show off the graphics. Like, like, oh, look what they could do. Yeah. So, I never really put it together. But I was going to say one thing about uh, bad guys. I was like... Man, maybe Scarlet Dawn has double the bosses. I just looked at the boss list. Can you believe that Scarlet Dawn only has four bosses? Less <laughs> than two. God, that's kind of disappointing. Wow. Right? The one with I mean, the most do, is four, by the way. You do a little bit of a boss rush in this one, too. So that's something. Yeah. But it's still kind of repeating. Um, I don't know. <laughs> it is a little lazy. I wish things improved, to be honest. I think it's a, a decent amount for an arcade game. Home console, though, they could have taken like a, a page from... Um, what was it? I mean, they couldn't take a page because the game came later, but uh, the uh, House of the Dead Overkill, the extended version for PS3, had like 
side stories, you know what I mean? So additional little things. Um, it would have been cool if they took the assets from the game and just like made additional content for that. But to be honest, like they're presenting this on the Dreamcast as it launched. I don't think they had to do much to like convince people to buy the game. Oh, at the time, no, no. This game was so popular yeah. that people just picked it up. Obviously, it became a Sega all. I mean, All Stars hit right for a reason. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so I was going to say, so what are your thoughts on the story? Because I know we have a good friend of ours, uh, Corey Maru, who does the website of the dead. Like you talk to him and he'll just like go on spit out. Like he'll, he'll like tell you the whole storyline. He'll be like, Oh yeah. Dr. Kirian, no, 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 Goldman. Um, and like, yeah, my I, eyes just glaze over. Yeah. When I was <laughs> like, yeah. When he talks about it, I'm like, where do you get all this stuff from? And it's like, I guess I wasn't paying attention as much as the, you were like, when I played the game, it was mostly for the multiplayer aspect of it, you know? Like, mm-hmm. um, you come home, you uh, you and your brother need a game to play that doesn't take too much thinking or uh, effort. In this game, you could sit down and beat it in, like, a couple of hours, less than that. Um, so it's just an easy game that you get better and better at. There's always little things you're looking for, you know, to, like, shoot yeah. at. And you don't have to be yeah. skilled with a controller. It's not a versus game. The co-op aspect of it makes it um you know makes it worth playing um i didn't have any guns for the dreamcast i don't know did you have any for for the dreamcast uh not at the uh uh, not initially and i know the columbine shooting actually led to it being very difficult to get light guns in the u.s Mm -hmm. um there was a whole thing where like sega would release light gun games but they would not work with their light gun so even if you imported the light gun it would not work. You had to use a third party. So I think that was them like saying, hey, we didn't make the gun. Mad Cats did, you know. It's stupid uh, <laughs> though if you think about it. Like you're censoring the game to not work with your gun because somebody imported the gun. You're not selling the gun, so it doesn't matter in the U.S., right? Yeah, yeah. It's. I mean, you look at the history of the Dreamcast and I, I think a whole series of articles on just like U.S. events that changed the game's lineup. Not to get into it, not to, you know, bring people down, but, like, Propeller Arena yeah. was canceled um, after 9-11. Columbine caused uh, light gun games to go kind of dormant for a bit. And it's um, funny that, like, people pretend that censoring games is a thing right now, right? Because of, you know, the Twitter. I just think mm-hmm. that people used to be outraged a long time ago. It's just that we never talked to these people. They never had a voice on a... Uh, platform i think we Mm -hmm. as gamers as kids back then didn't care about it we're like who cares i want to shoot zombies but parents were the ones outraged back then remember yeah and i i'll be honest i think a lot of those decisions that i mentioned happened before people even got outraged they didn't give them a chance to and i don't think they wanted to give them a chance which surprises me like nowadays people are kind of like well let's let it play out a little bit and see if people say anything but back then they were just straight up nope cancel propeller arena because, you know, it'll get into the news that Sega made is making a game and you can fly an airplane around a city. And yeah. people go, oh, you know, and Sega just pulls the plug. And it's like they they didn't come out and say, look, guys, you can't actually destroy any of the buildings. You're not meant to hit the buildings. And it's just a back. They could have changed it, to be honest, changed it into mountains or something. I don't know why they didn't if they were really wanting to change it. Um, I also feel like they had no, like... Um they didn't think the game was going to sell that much, and it was tor- towards kind of the end of the life cycle. I mean, 2001, yeah. 2002. So I think yeah. that had more to do with it, but uh, I don't think it was going to help, especially with 9-11. You know how 
sensitive yeah. people were back then. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so, I mean, I the thing I really like about these games, it's a simple setup. You have two agents going in, taking on zombies. And every time you, you see it happen, you get right into the game. You kind of follow the story, but you know what's happening. And if you are more of a super fan, there's kind of a there's lore there and later on like a game like overkill actually rewarded people with a little prequel you know setting up the events for the first game which was really cool yeah. um yeah but you know like like little things like the fact that or actually this isn't a little thing the two main characters in this game were neither were not in the first game i didn't know I didn't know that. Uh, yeah, um, yeah. You know, like to me, they're just two white dudes with guns. I guess the fact that G's not there, I knew, but the other guy, I thought, oh, he'll be there. No. no. Um, and that's why people make such a big deal with like three and four because certain characters come back from the first game or from this game. And so I think that's cool that fans can get excited for that. I just kind of wish that they would do a game that had all the characters. Like, like an all star you know, game? Maybe, but like, you know, like, I, I feel like Scarlet Dawn could have done a little more to present the full lineup. Um, and maybe if they do a home console release, they might do that. But, um, you know, I will say so, uh, moving on here, the House of the Dead, it did become, I would say, the template for all other games in the franchise. When people think House of the Dead, they think House of the Dead 2. Yeah. In fact, it's probably the franchise's most re-released game. We had Arcade, Dreamcast, PC, which um, I've never played the PC one. The game's also a hidden unlockable in the House of the Dead 3. I didn't know that. Did you know that? I didn't know that. I'm actually shocked. <laughs> I, I, I don't remember. I'm like, I haven't played the game in a long time, but uh, I, don't rem- I don't remember it being unlockable, no. Yeah, yeah, on Xbox. And what surprises me with that one is we also had... Um, Panzer Dragoon unlockable on Orta. So there's actually like two, you know, Saturn Dreamcast games kind of snuck in there. Yeah, I knew um, that. Um, makes, me wa- yeah. makes me wonder what else is like, <laughs> like Panzer Dragoon Saga is like hidden on Jet Set Radio Future for all we know. Um, Deep in- inside. But uh, yeah, and then there was also a combo pack release called The House of the Dead 2 and 3 Return for the Wii, mm. which was... Weird. was I. I mean, they didn't do the first one. It would have been cool to have the like. That was my main complaint because you know, the first one's a little yeah. rare. Like you got to buy it on the Saturn, play it in the arcade mm-hmm. emulator, and then they're yeah. like two and three. Oh, cool! What happened to one? You guys don't like that one? Yeah, it is interesting that they actually did that, and you know, I uh, I think it's a shame. It would have been cool to do the trilogy, but I I bet it was some porting issues it was probably just easier to do two and three it's cool that three at least got a release because it didn't see something anything for years until the ps3 got it and even then i don't think it was physical i think it was just digital kind of like uh yakuza 5 was until until next year yeah yeah um the game was also remixed as a typing game in the typing of the dead yes which is interesting because it's the house of the dead 2 turned into a typing game that's the Typing of the Dead. It's so So great. if you were to make the Typing of the Dead 2, which I don't think they did, did they? No. But in any case, would it would it be based yeah. on 3? I, I guess. We did have a Typing of the Dead 0, right? 
Uh, for Overkill, yeah. Yeah, for Overkill. Um, um, I forget that Overkill is here, and in Japan, I think they called it Zero, didn't they? Um, oh, no, there was a Typing of the Dead, too. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Um, That's why it's PC version, uh, 2007 arcade game released in Japan. And so it was the third game. It was the third game. You know what I loved uh, about the Typing of the Dead, Turned though? into Typing, because yeah. That they had little Dreamcasts on their backpack and little keyboards. So yeah. if you were playing it on the if you played on the Dreamcast and you have the keyboard for the Dreamcast, you mm-hmm. like I just thought it was hilarious. It was just a nice little touch that they went in and added that. They could have not added anything and just had them have guns and then you type. Yeah, but but it was so cute. <laughs> yeah, it's it's great and uh, and the words you type too are really funny. I remember. Um, I try to go back. I don't know if you. Oh, sorry. I was gonna say yeah. I, I try to go back and play it, and it's like I'm unstoppable, dude. I'm unstoppable now. Like when I was mm. a kid terrible at typing so i had trouble with it now oof, mm-hmm. typing 90 words a minute dude no problem man. these zombies they don't stand a chance against me dude it's so too- are you are you a hunt and pecker or are you a home row a what home row is where your fingers sit on asdf jkl semicolon oh yeah yeah i'm i'm i i sit on those for sure i don't even know what it's called you sit on I, I just when I was when I was a kid and I started just like mm-hmm. messaging online and typing on like message boards, I just forced yeah. my hands to stay there, and I just learned it like where and that's how I learned typing. I I can type that way, but I just hunt and peck, but I don't look. So I'm it's it's kind of a weird thing. Like if I am aware of it, then I kind of mess up. But if I just type and type, I can do it. It's just I don't know. I I think I need to take more typing classes. Um, in addition to the Typing of the Dead, if you think that's weird, we had the Pinball of the Dead, which was on Game Boy Advance SP, and it was a pinball retelling of The House of the Dead 2. What's up with pinball and games, dude? I don't know, but they were awesome. Pinball of the Dead and uh, Sonic's Pinball Party or something like that, and, and both really... Yeah, I was going to say, like, I think that the, those handhelds, I don't know... If, that's the same one, but they also had like a Nintendo Metroid one, and it's like everybody just mm-hmm. sitting there going, "It's like, what franchise can we make into a uh, pinball game?" And somebody's like, "House of the Dead," even though it doesn't kind of make sense. Yeah. Like it's kind of weird, <laughs> but then again, it's like, why not? I mean, more House of the Dead, the better, right? Yeah, I mean, the ball like hits the zombies and it shoots them, kind of, and then you have bosses where you have to aim at them. It works bizarrely. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just I, I feel like it the franchise has such this weird thing where it's like you have this like the main series of games that are pretty serious even though they're goofy but they they don't they take themselves pretty seriously and then you have these the the craziest stuff like typing of the dead pinball of the dead it's almost like if the yakuza games had the yakuza game main series where it was completely serious and then you'd get uh like karaoke of the dragon you know like uh Dude, what is it like uh, like a dragon but it's like like a karaoke dragon you know like i'm surprised that they haven't released like a uh, module where you could buy a karaoke machine and it has all the songs mm-hmm. from all the yakuza games with the video yeah so you can i'm surprised too that would be cool but it, but i guess that makes me wonder though like you know or at least makes me think so the house of the dead overkill i feel like is a game that takes the seriousness and the goofy goofiness of those different titles and kind of combines them. I mean, there's no typing in the original Overkill or Pinball, but it's a goofy 
sweary kind of game. <laughs> yeah, and, um, and there's also that other one, the uh, EX arcade game where you're a zombie mm, with the, that little girl, and then you're you're doing mini games. Yeah, yeah. Strange. Yeah, I didn't even put that in the notes. I mean, we can bring it up. But yeah, um, that one came out in like what 2006, 2000. I want to say 2008, maybe of the latest. Yeah, and uh, it was never local. It was weird because it was never localized here, but people on cruise ships spotted it, and the game was running in English. So they were like location testing it, and they even put the two characters in All Stars Racing. Yep. And I, th- I think at the time they just wanted to have a House of the Dead something, and they felt like everything from the main games were too gory or too boring to just have like two guys in a car um <laughs> in black suits yeah so they went with that which is weird like the fact that they're like is this promoting something we're doing no <laughs> put and, it in and it's weird um, that they also kind of like stopped it like i think they wanted to make house of the dead cute and approachable like you know kind of like a cartoon and then mm-hmm. it didn't work out, and they came back with Scarlet Dawn, which is having a new, res- I guess, resurgence for the arcade. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, out of all those versions I mentioned of the House of the Dead 2, which one's your favorite? What do you mean? Like, out of the, the House of the Dead 2 versions? Um, like, Dreamcast. The, the Dreamcast Pe- one has to be my favorite, because I play. that's the first one I put. Yeah. I poured in so many hours growing up, you know? So nostalgia mm-hmm. wins again. Sorry, guys, and I'm gonna have to go with the Dreamcast version. <laughs> I'm sure somebody here is listening, and they first played it on Wii. They would say the Wii yeah. version, which I would not hate them for it. There's nothing wrong with the Wii or PS3 version. It's just the one yeah. I played. So you? Yeah, I I'd, I'd agree with you on that. The Dreamcast one's my go-to because the extra modes, the ease of finding it. I mean, House of the Dead Two is still pretty easy to find. Surprisingly, Thank God. it's like I see that just as much as Daytona. Yeah, um, that's a good thing. And I'd say that's my favorite. My least favorite. I've never tried it, but I can guess that the Sega PC one sucks. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's what I was thinking. I was like, probably the PC one's going to be the worst, right? Right, which is interesting because, and I said, what's my guilty pleasure? I would say Typing of the Dead's kind of my guilty pleasure because. Like, I'm playing House of the Dead, but I'm typing, so I'm learning at the same time. Yeah, um, yeah, same here. I mean, when it came out, it was more guilty pleasure. Now, it's a little easy for me, so I get kind of bored after a while, but uh, mm-hmm. I, I, it's it's great, especially if you're, like, learning to type. Like, you kind of already got it down, but you want a challenge, yeah. you know, in the mid-typing stages. It's a great game. Mm-hmm. It's so funny. Some of the phrases they put in that thing, great. Oh, absolutely. And on Overkill, Typing of the Dead Overkill, I think you can make your own word packs. Oh, yes, yes. And and I'm pretty sure someone back in the day on the Sega Bits forums made like a Sega, like a Sega Bits, Sega kind of one that had like stuff we talked about. Um, I can't remember who did it, but I, I just remember seeing screenshots and it would be like Sharky, oh, George, you know, like nice. something know like that. that someone did. Yeah. Um, so the House of the Dead 2, it would end up being the franchise's final game to release on a Sega console, with the third and fourth releasing to the Xbox and PS3 respectively, and of course to arcades. Um, as mentioned, in 2009, the franchise saw its first home console exclusive light gun game with the foul-mouthed prequel, The House of the Dead Overkill, which I'd love to cover on this because we can just... I mean, we swear on this show, oh, but yeah. like we can swear. 
you a know, lot. we can swear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, finally. <laughs> yeah, finally we can swear, even though we already do. Uh, the game also saw, Overkill saw an extended cut on the PS3, as well as an iOS port titled The Lost Reels, which, which I did play, and I thought it was pretty good. It used the accelerometer, so you, like, move your phone around to oh. aim, kind of like... Um, if you've used your PS4 remote to type, you know, and you kind of move it. Yeah, there's a lot of, like, yeah. Nintendo games that do that. Like, Splatoon does that, where you move the yeah. accelerometer. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, I, I thought it worked pretty well. I thought it was cool. There were some, like, I think, like, slowdown effects, which were kind of fun. Um, so, my question would be, so if you could not play with the gun, what's your second favorite way to play? I mean, I don't really mind a controller. I know a lot of people out there are anti-controllers, so I'm not super anti-controller. I played it one time with a mouse, just clicking with the mouse. That works just fine, but, like, again, it's not the same as a gun, right? Because the game is designed that way. But um, I would say right. mouse because it was so easy. You just click on it, and then you move the mouse a little bit, your hand. And it kind of felt yeah. the same way, sort of. So I would say a mouse. Yeah, I guess if you want to get to the end of the game really quickly, that might be a good way. It's kind of like the equivalent of um, putting the gun right up to the screen. Oh yeah, you know, like kid, kids would do with um, with uh, Duck Hunt. I would, I but used to do that. Um, yeah, yeah, I would say, I mean, the Wiimote's kind of the same, so I don't think that counts. I would say maybe controller. Um, again, referencing the House of the Dead Two strategy guide, they actually talk about. The controller options, and I didn't know this, so there's a thing here. Let me see if I can find it. They talk about, here it is, so dual triggers. So it's a configuration with the controller where you can fire with, they say, incredible speed. Each trigger fires your weapon, so pulling on them rapidly, you can liquefy an enemy in seconds. Um, it says... On the downside, you'll go through a lot of ammunition quickly, so reload often, and you can reload with the B button. So I can imagine there must be some like crazy guy who's just going trigger, 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 trigger B, trigger, trigger, trigger B, trigger, just, trigger, you know. Just put the auto um, auto fire on B, and then just start wailing away on the triggers. Oh, absolutely. So I mean, I, I think that's pretty cool. And shout out to Joel Durham Jr., the writer of the House of the Dead strategy guide, because it's. <laughs> I got it for two bucks a while ago, but it's it's just a fun read. I oh. mean, the way he writes about stuff, it's really funny. I thought you couldn't um, beat the game and you needed a strategy guide. I'm like, God. No, no, I'm not. I picked it up because I thought it was such a weird strategy guide to make. Like, you look at it, it's magazine size. There isn't even a um, spine. It's so short. You know, Whoa. it's just like folded. And that's the thing, too, though. Like, now we don't have guides. Like, do you really need a guide for games? But... I was remembering back when I used to play JRPGs, you know, the way you're talking about guides. And I remember, yeah. like, pouring through every single thing to find every item. And sometimes mm -hmm. I felt like I was cheating, but, like, it felt so great playing a game where you didn't miss something. Like, I know yeah. that, that a strategy guide for, like, a rail shooter is not the best, but you always find out things that you probably would have missed. Even oh, in absolutely. Rail, and even in a rail shooter, like you said, the shooting and stuff, like uh, little things like that make a huge difference in the game. I think one of the best things about picking up old strategy guides, if you can find a good one, um, are maps. Because you look at those old Sonic ones. Like, I was talking about this one. It's not a map, and you'll see it in, in the video. It looks like some crazy person's... You know, like Charlie on Always Sunny when he's that <laughs> meme of him like at the wall. That's kind of this, 
when it does the breakdown, but it's so cool because it really gives you an idea of the game design, the stage progression, and even shows you things that you might be missing. Like it says, shoot the bookshelf. I wouldn't have thought to shoot the bookshelf, but if you shoot the bookshelf, you skip a whole section. Wow. You know, it's like... Just to uh, shoot everything. That's what my, even yeah, the yeah, exactly. So, um, so I think that's pretty cool that they did make a strategy guide. And uh, thankfully, with, with this, I would not... Uh, without this, I would not have had much to say. Because to be honest, there isn't a lot of development history out there on this game. It really surprised me. You know, I have a whole bookshelf over here. I have um, Playing at the Next Level, Sega Arcade Revolution, uh, all these books, and they just they don't they don't talk about the sequel, which is surprising, yeah, because it's well, it's such an important game. Yeah, and especially considering that I'm one of the people that had to do the notes on the Shinobi game, and every time I was looking for Shinobi notes, the first game, I always got mm-hmm. the sequel, or I got you know Revenge of Shinobi, Shinobi Three. It was kind of annoying yeah. to be honest with you, so I had to dig deep for notes on anything on the first game. But yeah, I, I, it makes yeah. It's kind of I mean, weird. it almost makes me wonder if this game was just like something. Not that they rushed, but that just came really easily to them. They were like, "We need a sequel. Let's set it in Venice. Run with it. Game's done. Ship it next." You know, like sometimes there are games that are that simple. There isn't a big story behind it. Yeah, especially um, like in the '90s when they were just pumping yeah. out arcade hits. I mean, the fact that a game like Rise of Nightmares for Connect, which is kind of like a like a sister to this game, um, and when you read Revenge. interviews, well, yeah, Zombie Revenge too. You read interviews with them. There's a lot to say about the history because a lot of the things they talk about in those um, in those games are things that they were not able to put into House of the Dead. Like um, they wanted to have, I don't know if in the first or second one, um, they wanted to have like a kick like a pad in front of you at your foot. So if a zombie got up and started to get in your face, you kick the pad with your foot and he flies back. I thought that was such a cool concept. And I guess they were afraid that people would kick it too hard and break the machine. Or even break but, their foot. Like, can you imagine exactly. the lawsuits? Yeah, I mean, you'd have to keep it padded. If the padding goes away, people might break their toe. Um, but they kept that in for the Connect game because, you know, you kick the air and then the zombie flies back. It's a cool concept. They, um, they it's just used, a shame. No, I was like, they I, I mean, use the pe- uh, pedal like on uh, time, cri- uh, time cop or time crisis. Yeah. 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 I remember that. Yeah. I remember that. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> uh, so uh, house of the dead, it did see a fifth title in 2018 called Scarlet Dawn. And we're seeing that a lot now too. I mean, 2018 was not too long ago last year. Monkey Ball's back, and they're already talking on the uh, Monkey Ball Twitter, like, hey, do you want to see a new game from us? Which I think kind of says we're already planning a new game, you know? I should have just replied, no, shut up and give us one and two remakes. We don't need nothing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I think it's just interesting that, you know, so quickly, House of the Dead's coming back. We've had Scarlet Dawn. It's exclusive to arcades, but fans are hopeful we'll see a home console port. And I think we will in maybe a year or two. Um, but in the meantime, we do have remakes of one and two that were announced by the Panzer Dragoon remake team, Forever Entertainment. So very quickly, I just wanted to sh- us to share our hopes, our fears for these remakes. And do we think Sega should trust an untested company with four of their classic Saturn Dreamcast era games? I mean, they're already sc- screwing everything. It's so weird that they like work so closely with other developers and like 
rejected so many games in franchises mm-hmm. and then randomly they're just like everything is for sale now it's, yeah i guess they, yeah. they they decided that money was more important or uh it's nice to have money from old franchises we haven't seen panzer dragoon one and two remakes so it's kind of hard for mm-hmm. me to like tell say something negative about them and when i haven't played them i will say yeah. that i did say i did make a video when these were announced and i did say that like there is a lot of ways you could screw this up. Um, first of yeah. all, like getting good voice acting maybe was screwed up for a lot of fans of the old games. Um, the way you design the characters, the way uh, the world looks, the way that the gore is presented in these two games, it had a, mm-hmm. like a very specific uh, way of doing it. And I, I even think that Scarlet Dawn doesn't really um, nail down the gore. The more you look at the gameplay, it's just very like, they die and now they like vanish off screen real quick and it wasn't as gory as two. Like it's kind of weird that they step back the gore on a new one. Yeah, and you know, I I do have to wonder. I, I guess we'll learn once the Panzer Dragoon games come out just how much changes because I could have sworn that I saw on Twitter one of the developers, like I don't know if it was Forever Entertainment or what, was saying, "Hey, would you guys prefer we just remaster the old sound effects or do brand new ones?" And I'm like. Are you questioning the sound effects from Panzer Dragoon? Are you serious? Yeah, that's... Like, and that's what... It kind of scared me, because I'm like... Like, look, all right. So, you remember when Shenmue 1 and 2, the remaster, they were going to remake them. It was revealed at one point, but then they thought it would cost too much. Like, first off, you've got to have big balls to think that you can go in and straight up remake all of Shenmue 1 and 2. Like, not only does that sound like a massive undertaking, but that's kind of the equivalent of um, uh, the Psycho remake, where the guy's like, I'm going to do a shot-for-shot remake of Psycho. And it's like, why? Because he, he can. But why would you? And just, yeah, exactly. And just like with this, like, why, why are you making a remake of Panzer Dragoon, and then you're, like, questioning things that are so ingrained in people's heads? Like... I'm almost afraid they're going to go. Do you guys like the music, or should we make new music? They and they probably are going to like. In my opinion, if you're going to go in and you th- you think you think you could uh, do better sound effects, go for yeah. it. Try hardest, but like you should have an option where they have original everything and like original sound. They did this yeah. with Wonder Boy three. If you play Wonder Boy three, you could uh, have the new music. Mm-hmm. Or you could have the old 8-bit music from the Master System, and you could even switch the graphics to the old 8-bit. Or you could, you know what I mean? You could use... Yeah. So, at least have that option. Um, yeah, I, think that's I, just, I don't think way. we'll see it. Yeah, that's so, the safest way, though. Yeah, so I'm just, I'm kind of afraid that these remakes, once they get to House of the Dead, they might, like, start replacing things that made them so lovable and iconic to the point where we're, like... We're getting legitimately afraid of the voice acting. Because like, oh my god, that acting is oh, through the roof. It's actually good. <laughs> no. It's actually good. I didn't know I was shooting people. Oh my god. It's like, um, can you imagine you walk into this like... Uh, like if they play kind of hammy and cheesy where there's this guy. He's like, oh, I'm dying. Oh, hey, guy. My friend's outside. You know, like that little thing. <laughs> stuff like that is what made the game. Like you're playing with your friend. Sometimes... Yeah. You, you know what I mean? Like there were even bar games. Like can you imagine... 
I mean, I wasn't old enough to drink when the game was out, obviously, or I didn't go to bars, but Mm -hmm. I could see this sitting in a bar and some two dudes that drank too much are playing the game and having a blast because of how funny the game is. Like, yeah, yeah. It doesn't have to be serious. It could go well. And um, I, I guess, uh, do you have any final thoughts on House of the Dead 2 before we get into our Patreon memories? If you haven't played a light gun game, first of all, shame on you. Second of all, <laughs> if you have to play any uh, light gun game, this game has to be on the top five list of games you have to play. Right there. Absolutely. Right there with Time Crisis, right there with uh, Virtual Cop 2. I haven't played 3 that much, so... Like there's a oh, few, yeah. there's a few key games where you're like you have to play those. This is one of them for sure. Like this yes. is the best horror themed light gun game ever. So there. And I agree. I think people need to listen to you when you say that because you go around online and you search best video games, top 100 video games. You're gonna find lists like the one that IGN just put out. Garbage. And I know we've complained about this before. There is not a single Sega game on IGN's top 100 list. That's bullshit. The fact that you can't make a top 100... I'm not even like going like, oh, why isn't Shenmue on it? Like, I understand that there are 100 games that can be said better are better than Shenmue. But like, when we're getting into like OutRun, when we're getting into like Crazy Taxi, uh, Rez, House of the Dead 2, Sonic 2, you know, like there are so many great games... And so in a game like this, which I think is one of the best light gun games out there, just in its it, in its flow, its simplicity, its fun factor, like it's not making some top 100 list because I'm sure Minecraft is on there. I'm sure Fortnite is. Of course. I mean, I'm not saying that he don't deserve to be on there, but I mean, let's yeah. pretend that like, I'm pretty sure they don't even have a light gun game on there. So No, no, of course not, because they're probably like, oh, it actually... Uh, uh, Left Behind is a far better game for many reasons, <laughs> you know. A narrative. But, um, narrative. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so, you know, I mean, we're just little fish in a big pond, but, like, you gotta listen to us when we tell you guys to play a game. Because if you have not played The House of the Dead 2, and you're like, oh, well, they didn't mention it on IGN, you're wrong. And you're in, you're, you're doing things wrong. You gotta listen to Daddy George and Papa Barry. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Eat your vegetables. So, uh, yeah, and eat your veggies. Uh, eat your carrots. There's farmers in the fields working hard for you, and you, you don't eat them? Come on. Appreciate what uh, you got. Exactly. Exactly. Listen to Awao. Wow, uh, wow, uh <laughs> Suzuki. Suzuki. Awao um, wow, wow Entertainment. So, uh, we have one memory here. It's from Daniel Andres. He, uh, he always... Like, I post these things on our Patreon. If you uh, support us on Patreon, you will get your memories read at the end of the show. You can also, at certain tiers, tell us what to say. Like, not, not literally, but, like, um, you can tell us what games to cover. I think, um, I think it would be like, yeah. you could change our, our memories on games that we had in the past. I'm <laughs> exactly. like, oh, yes, I remember, and I'm talking somebody else's memory. Goodbye, Goldman. Yeah, you, you, you can plug into the Matrix and take over our bodies. But uh, Daniel here, then, he says, this game is a ton of fun but I really, really prefer the Typing of the Dead port. These games are so goofy and are so full of cheesy charm. And I couldn't agree more. Yeah. That I, means I do agree. And it's funny, though. Like, these games weren't meant to be cheesy, right? Like, they weren't, like, they didn't hire these actors and go, that's crappy. Thank you. That's exactly what we're looking for. They were, like, somebody sat there in the casting couch of Sega and they were like, 
Nice. Oh, okay. You you nailed it, dude. You nailed it. Like, do you think that's yeah. what happened, or do you think they just used people that worked there? No, I think they I think they brought in top talent, and they loved every. They thought it was perfect because they probably couldn't understand people, what they were saying. What people don't know is one of the people that acted out in this movie was actually Brad Pitt. It was one of the characters. Wow. Yeah. All right, guys. Okay. All right. <laughs> thanks for uh, well, thanks listening. for watching. Yeah, we'll catch you guys next have time. A, or have, have a, a happy Halloween. Halloween. Trick or treat safe. Yes. And I guess we'll cover a turkey game next. Ooh. Thank you. All right. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Are we really going to cover a turkey game?